0: You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live Portraits, featuring intimate, in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood stars and influencers. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live Portraits, Dario Kristen. Hey,
1: everybody, you're watching Black Hollywood Live Portraits. I'm your host, Dario Kristen, and here joining me in the studio today is DJ Jesse J. What up? And the lovely Courtney Stewart.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: Our special guest today we are really excited about. He is a superstar wrestler, also an actor. We have Chavo Guerrero Jr. I'm great. What's on,
3: guys? Course. After today, we're going to change the name to Brown Hollywood Live. Oh, Brown yay. Hollywood Live. Brown Pride, sub. Brown Pride. Brown Pride. What's up? That Brown
2: Pride. On
4: Martin Luther King's birthday.
2: That's it. Exactly, right? That's it. That works. All coming that's together. Right. It that's all right. comes in right. one right. form. That's right,
3: for
1: sure. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Now, you are a third-generation wrestler. That's right, man. That's Mm -hmm. right. How did you get started in the business? At what age did you know you wanted to be a wrestler?
3: Um, My entire life. As long as I can remember, I wanted to be a wrestler, period, over and out. That was it. I mean, I grew up with a wrestling ring in the backyard. There was was no swing sets. There was actually a wrestling ring. That's the truth. That's the truth. And, uh, you know, just growing up around the business with my grandfather wrestler and my father and uncles and cousins and you know dogs and cats <laughs> you know we just you know i really i learned really to walk in, in a ring you know yeah. i was crawling in a ring and and you know i used to, we used to me and my uncle eddie used to camp out underneath the ring that was like our tent we wow. i mean we lived in that thing no joke what was
4: your first uh move you learned in that ring
3: ah uh, you know what I, I i couldn't even remember i just knew i always knew how to do everything it was really weird when i first started training for wrestling you know people have to train and start learning moves I could do all the moves already. It was I've been doing them my whole life. You know, it was it was a no brainer. I could do flips and this and I just you know, I I used when the ring wasn't around I'd go to the couch and jump on the couch and do flipped off the couch. It was really it was weird. I just just my whole life to do it, you know. And I didn't know when I first started training I didn't know why I was doing the moves. Right. You know, if you rust if you're in the wrestling world, we always say that, you know, anybody can go do a backflip and a hurricanrana, but <laughs> you got to know when and why you're doing it. There's yeah. certain places to do those in, in the ring, you know. But I, I had no idea why, but I, I had learned that. Now, That's with so many now.
1: family members who were wrestlers, like you, like you mentioned, your grandfather, your father, your mm-hmm. uncles, was it oh, – expect it for you to be a wrestler like could you have come and be like you know what i want to be a pediatrician yeah
3: <laughs> yeah right you know i really i really want to yeah i really want to you know be a dog walker yeah you know? yeah totally totally you know what they never pushed it upon me they never said hey you're gonna be a wrestler and that's it but it just you know we lived breathed slept ate wrestling we really did and that was our, our whole entire life was engulfed by it so there was really no no doubt that i wasn't going to be a wrestler you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, I always wanted my whole life, was that, that's, that's, I just knew it, I was going to yeah. be, you know, and even talking to some of my friends, you know, because, you know, we're not big guys, you know, the Guerrero family, we we grew up in the land of the Giants, we really did, but, you know, the the land of, we call it the land of the white Giants, because and we're <laughs> short brown guys, you know, yeah. and we made it, you know, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, telling my, my friends, you know, hey, I'm going to be a wrestler when I grow up, they were like, Dude, you're you're five two. <laughs> you're not gonna be a wrestler. And and some of my friends literally after I became a wrestler, they'd look at me and go, You know what, we we used to laugh at you. We used to think there's no way that you're gonna do this. And you did it. They're like, you know, mad props, you know, but you, that's what I. that's one thing I tell everybody. I go, Don't ever listen to the haters yeah. because they're mm-hmm. out there, they're they're there to not let see you succeed. And it's always some guy that's sleeping on his mom's couch at mm-hmm. twenty six years old is telling you Giving you his advice, right? Yeah, You're like, yeah, that's true. and then, you know, why do you listen to him? But I always said, don't even listen to those guys. I mean, go out and achieve your dreams. Nothing can stop you. If you want to do it, do it.
2: What was going through school like for you? If you kind of already knew from a really early age what you want to do, how was
3: that sort of affecting you being in school? <laughs> well, I always <laughs> want this argument uh, my dad can beat your dad up. I always <laughs> want that one. You know, <laughs> they, you, no one ever questioned that. You know, they, they may, maybe, you know, gave me, may mess, messed around with me and stuff, but. Everybody knew that my dad was the toughest guy around. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> no mess with yeah. No no senior. Mess with the yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> now, besides your family, who were some of your idols in wrestling growing up?
3: Oh, man. It was different than, than the idols that other normal people who like wrestling have. Mine was, my idols were the ones that I knew because I knew so many of them growing up that, you know, Roddy Piper and you yeah. know Andre the Giant. These are guys that I knew. You know, those are the guys that I looked up to. Yeah, you see some people that you you know you don't you know you don't know you may be fans of them, but the idols were you know of course my family, but you know Hulk Hogan and uh, you know Ric Flair and Andre the Giant and those kind of guys those were my idols. And in
1: 1994, you made your wrestling debut. Yeah. What was that like for you? The preparation and just the, the mental anxiety I feel like a wrestler yeah, might have just for their first well, match. Huge.
3: It was it was kind of a, it was a great treat because it was here at the Olympic Auditorium. Which is now like a big Korean church, but it, but it was a living auditorium <laughs> for it really. It's like a, I was looking for it. I was going to the Staples Center one time and I was like, I can know what's around here somewhere. I see this big Korean church. But what is <laughs> Where is it? And sure enough, I guess it's a big Korean church now, but it was, you know, that was wrestling in Los Angeles. That's the reason why we moved from el paso texas that's the home of the guerreros el paso texas the reason we moved to la was because my dad started wrestling for what at the time was the wwc i believe it was mm-hmm. called um with michael bell and roddy piper was there and superstar billy graham and all these you I mean everybody who's anybody went through that territory yeah. and uh, he started wrestling here and it was supposed to be for one year and we just moved and ended up staying you know and uh He, I knew that, that arena back and forth as a kid. My dad became the booker, the promoter, not the promoter, but the booker there, and that, which is like the matchmaker, you know. Mm. I was around there, you know, at five, eight years old, just running around every nook and cranny of that place. (laughs) So for me to, to make my debut there was, it was awesome. It was like, wow, this is, I use the, I use the, the most, overused word in the English language now. Sur- it was surreal. Surreal. <laughs> you know, everybody says that. Oh, Nobody said it's surreal so like surreal. 10 years ago, right? Right, right. Now it's like Britney Spears is like, it was so, so surreal. surreal. I'm like, oh my God. And amazing. That's, That's another one. Like yeah, amazing. That's amazing. like my pet peeve. But, you know, and, and it was funny because when I actually, you know, I've been wrestling my whole, my whole life, you know, and been in front of crowds and everything. It was great. It was no problem. But now when you're in the ring and I'm looking over at some big old, you know, 280-pound guy that wants to beat <laughs> me up. When they announced my name, I didn't even hear it. Oh, I didn't didn't. Hear it. I was just like, I didn't you know, you know, Chavo Guerrero Junior. I didn't like raise my hands and go, "Yeah." that's right. I was like petrified. <laughs> I didn't even hear it, and my dad would be like, uh, "Put your hands up! Put your hands up!" <laughs> you know? you got it. like that little extra push behind. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, "Can I go to the bathroom?" <laughs> <laughs>
4: and you 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 wrestled in both Mexico and Japan. Yep. What was the biggest difference for you? Did you you know kind of notice?
3: I I. They're definitely different styles, but the thing with the Guerrero family, and not to toot our own horn, but we've been everywhere, we've wrestled everywhere. So our style really transcends a Japanese style, a Mexican style, the lucha libre style, uh, American style, Europe style, because we've been everywhere. So if you look at what we do, we can, f- you know, fly with you, we can brawl with you, we can wrestle with you, we can do anything in the professional wrestling business, period over now, and, out. and what makes, I guess, the reason why we've survived in the business for so long, is because we can adapt to everybody, whoever, whoever we wrestling—big, small, tall, fat, fast, slow—we can have good matches with them and make them look better than they are, than, than because we're able to adapt with, to, you know, to what they do. So I always say, um, I use the Bruce Lee term a lot. Um, his quote: uh, "You want to be like water." You know, you want you, your water, you put it in a, in a glass, it takes the shape of the glass. You put it in a mug, it takes the shape of the mug. To put it on the ground, it takes the shape of that mug, of the, of the ground. So that's how we are, are, that's how I was taught, to become like water in that ring and take the shape of whoever you're, you're wrestling. Don't make them adapt to you, you adapt to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really why we've been able to survive as long as we have in this business. That's a great philosophy too. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I need to like morph <laughs> that into, that into that my life right way. now. You're
4: I'm still that one. I'm trying, I'm trying to think. Like okay, water. so I'm going to be a mug. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, Could it be like a like real nice bottle, like a like an Evian <laughs> a bottle. A or fancy.
2: Now, is that something that theoretically speaking, that your family sort of came to as they were, you know, as your father was wrestling and things that they sort of acquired over time, or is that sort of a theory that going into it they were? On top of ready to go because they wanted to be able to sort of fit into all those arenas. Yeah,
3: I was always I was always taught that, you know. And I think we developed that, not really knowing that we were we were going to okay. go that route. But then by the time I came around, that's how it was, and that's how I was taught. Learn to do everything in this business. That way, when you are in the ring with somebody, you're not limited and mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I can only punch and kick. Well, then yeah. you know that you're you're limited. You really yeah. are limited. We are able to do everything that when we're in, the, in that ring, we can, you know, we can, we always try to say we can make everybody look better than they are.
1: Yeah, and World Championship Wrestling recruited you. And from yep. that, you won a two-time WCW cruise, cruiserweight, the champion and former one-time W. CW Tag Team Championship yep. before the company closed in 2001. Mm-hmm. How was that experience, and how did that change your life, actually? I mean, I'm sure that had to be pretty amazing. We're going to use that word that everyone <laughs> uses, amazing. amazing. Was, it was, amazing. was, it, was amazing. it was it surreal? Surreal.
3: <laughs> you know, um, WCW, the history of WCW, used to be called the NWA, and that was with my and not talking about I was the, say, that. I that, know a different NWA. Yeah, not talking about w. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, which is I love that, that's a game changer right there too. But it was called the National Wrestling Alliance. That was the biggest wrestling um, company in the world. But then when the WWF at the time started getting bigger and bigger and started acquiring all these different um, organizations, because back then it was territories. You know, it wasn't just you know, you know. WWF or the WWF at the time was the New York territory. You had the WW, you know, CE over here in LA. You had, you know, the Mid South, so and so on. This you know, everybody had the territories. And so as a wrestler, you went from one territory to the next territory. You spent like, you know, two months here, five months there, six months there, and um, and went from territory to territory. Well, after WWF started getting so big that NWA, uh Ted Turner, who was having some struggles with with uh, Vince McMahon about doing yeah. some programming on TBS and TNT, so Ted Turner decided, well, I'm buying WWE or uh, NWA, and I'm calling it now WCW, and now Vince McMahon, I am in the wrestling business. Well, Vince McMahon <laughs> said, hey, that's funny, because I'm in the entertainment business, so <laughs> that's a different, completely different business, right. you know, but going to the WCW, which was on the huge rise at the time, they were had the NWO, and they were stealing all different talent, you know, f- from Hulk Hogan to Macho Man, Randy Savage, and taking everybody from from uh, WWF, and that company just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and my Uncle Eddie went there, and all the guys from Japan, like Dean Lincoln, Chris Benoit, and Rey Mysterio, and it was like, gosh, this is now the biggest wrestling company in the world, yeah. mm-hmm. and for me to go there, I was like, like, wow, this is this is pretty incredible, I I, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I, I fooled them pretty good, you know. I went in there and I was like, all right, uh, let me just do all these moves. <laughs> Luckily, they put me in the ring with some good guys that actually made me look good. Yeah. So it was just, you know, great experience and just great place to cut my cut my teeth, if you want to call it. And uh, at the time, wrestling, I came in when I mean, you got all these older guys that were still there and the guys that, that are that are established now and then it was – the young guys so there was a big flux of all these different people so man it was so much fun and just being on the road with these guys for you know what i wanted to do my whole life and living my dream and you know i didn't even care that i was making a little money i was like oh man i'm a wrestler this is great
1: you know and then you started working with your uncle yep. closely and teamed up with him yeah and what was it tough working with family i mean you know how that is when you're sitting with your family members sometimes and then especially working with them on a day-to-day basis how how was that
3: it at times for sure uh, my uncle eddie's three years older than me but he been in the business a lot longer than just three years. He started when he was younger, like eighteen. I didn't start really till twenty four. Um, it was he was like my big brother, and he yeah. really, you know, opened the doors for me and really taught me on the job. He really did. He was. It was great working with him. Yeah, we had our our tiffs here and there, but you know, that's like brothers. You know, big brother and his little brother. But you know we we got in each other's face a bunch of different times but we never ever laid a hand on each other ever. Mm-hmm. It'd be there's a lot of F.U.'s. You know, <laughs> oh yeah. But there was never we never there was so was much respect and too much love there. So we just, you know, we never ever laid a hand on each other ever. And That's his
1: storyline, I know that there was uh I read that you had a problem with initially with kind of going the route of his storyline. I think it was uh something fun that you he was playing off of. What what was totally. your biggest problem with that?
3: Well, Originally, they wanted us to do some stuff together, and um, it's funny because one guy, his name was Colin. He was a he was a photographer. Came in, and we were in Panama City Beach, Florida. You know, so he had an airbrush shirt saying "Eddie Guerrero is my favorite wrestler," and he said, "Hey, Chavo, it'd be a good idea if you re- if you wore this on TV because I had lost in the storyline. I had lost a, a match to my uncle Eddie, who was a bad guy, and I was a yeah. good guy. And then if I won, he had." a Changes ways to be a good guy. Well, he won, of course, and I had to start being bad, a bad guy, and I was against my will. You know, I didn't want I didn't want to be a bad guy. I wanted to be such a good guy. Little did I know that bad guy's a lot more fun. <laughs> but I had I wore this shirt, and Eddie was like, "This is a great idea," and I was like, "No way! I'm not doing it! I'm not gonna like lower myself and say Eddie grows my favorite wrestler." No, nah, nah. you, you you kind of are, but I don't want to. You know, I want to be my own person, and uh, I, he convinced me and I did it and still to this day people still ask me about that like oh man I wish I had one of those shirts Eddie Guerrero's my favorite wrestler because once I wore it people started airbrushing their own shirts, or yeah, having sure. shirts yeah. made and coming out with Eddie Guerrero's my favorite wrestler and how couldn't he be the guy was incredible
1: yeah, you need to get those and sell them on eBay.
3: Very yeah, perfectly. you know what? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Right, right. Yeah, make some
1: make some big money off of those and yeah. shirts. <laughs> now, how do you go about developing your egos? I mean, like your alter egos. I mean, the wrestlers a lot of times change their name several times during the course of the years, and mm-hmm. and and have different uh storylines that they create. How did you go about creating yours? And like Pepe, for example, the yeah,
3: the, you know, yeah, that was that was again. I was with Eddie. I was kind of going crazy now because he was making me big bad guy, and I didn't want to and just one time, I, it, it's all, it's just, it, it just, a lot of things a lot of it's by chance, by luck. We, uh, were at his house in the backyard and his daughters came out with this little stick horse and I said, oh man, I'm kind of being like a crazy guy on TV. Which just happened, you know, out of the blue, just was like, hey, why don't you start being crazy? All right. So I started doing that and like he's, you know, my, I was, you know, a, a, a screw was loose because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, eh, you know, whatever. But, uh, I, I saw like, oh yeah, I'm going to wear, I'm going to use this one time. So I came out on TV with a stick horse and, then the next week, I didn't have it, and I'm not kidding you. When there was fifteen or twenty of them in the audience, and people had Pepe signs and stuff, and <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, I guess I got to start coming out with this stick horse." Oh, what did I do to myself? But sure enough, I had I came out with this thing for about like a year straight, and it was oh, riding and bringing stick course, and people loved it. They still get asked about it. to asked this, about this day, day. To this day, when I first moved to my house, my mailman was like, "Like, hey man, yeah, I'm a big fan. I, I didn't really like that that." Uh, that stick horse thing but I'm a big fan of yours and I said oh well that's funny because that stick horse just bought this house right. and, he, and he, goes, he goes hmm I never thought about it that way exactly. I guess I like it yeah. <laughs> you know I, I kind of like it yeah yeah
4: what about uh, Lieutenant Loco in the Misfits and Africa that Apple? was
3: their idea you know a lot of times it's it's the organization's idea they'll come to you and say hey, how about doing this and it's hard to say no. Do you get to do you work, work with them? You get. You sometimes as? you you say oh, okay, let's do it, but you try to make it yours as right. you do it and mm-hmm. kind of appease them. Because if you say no, I don't want to do that. Well, they're like, well, we're throwing this bone at you. We want you to, and you don't want to do it. Well, we'll we'll get somebody else. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. back on the back burner. So a lot of times it was just keeping yourself on TV and knows some of the politics about it. But you know, we just, I had fun doing it. You know, we just we. Just change your name a little bit. Of Still, really the same kind of guy in there, and everybody knew who it was. It just, you know, just just a different way of going about it, and you, you just kind of make it work.
4: And how did the transformation go from that to you actually saying, you know, what I
3: want to use my own name? Yeah, I went back to Chavo Guerrero. Just like you know, I turned on the Memphis, Misfits in Action, the MIA guys, and I went back to being a bad guy and being Chavo Guerrero. So it, it just it just transitions, you know. Th- that's the politics of wrestling You just you know, make it work. You know, I became another character, Kerwin White. Kerwin White. <laughs> I, I denounced my Mexican heritage, and now I'm a white guy. And I'm, I bleach my hair blonde, and I'm wearing all this obnoxious, you know, ISOD bright colored pastel stuff. And <laughs> people are like that's not how we dress I said yes you do and now I'm you I'm white <laughs> You're just like, like yes, you and they're like that, but that's not how we are I said yes you are you know so it was bad guy. everybody hated me on that but you know, that's you know I came home from, from Japan one time and Vince McMahon goes well Chavo Kerwin, <laughs> I, I should say and I said what are you talking about he goes. You are now oh, my God. a white guy. So, <laughs> see, but I wanted to go. I was like, Hey, if we're going to do this. Just do it right, man. I wanted to like. I wanted to be go completely white. Like <laughs> wear like a white sheep. <laughs> I did. I was like, Man, is not I, like a white I, sheet? I wanted to go like really like. It, it's not. It wasn't racist because everybody knew I was. I was Mexican. Yeah. I was still Mexican. I'm still brown. I'm a bit upset. now I'm white like you guys. You know you're not. Yes I am. No you're not. You know. So I, I I really I wanted to go all the way with it, but I, I think you know that's just with sponsors and stuff and being on TV you just you gotta, can't you can't do it yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sometimes you can't it. you gotta PC. keep it tame yeah you PC, gotta go PC you can't do what you yeah
2: yeah well now with the wrestling part of it the athletic part I mean you grew up doing it and part of it is probably in your DNA to a Absolutely. certain extent sure. but the alter ego portion and the sort of personality and building the acting part of it where did that come from was it always just sort of it it's, came to you naturally I say or did you work
3: I say it's always it's your personality but just like it, Crazy intensified. It'd mm-hmm. be like uh, it's you. It's my personality, like on like a massive mounts of Red Bull and <laughs> Viagra and steroids <laughs> and everything. <laughs> just combi- all combined all together. Yeah, it's kind of this. That's me. It's just, but it's just way turned up. The volume mm-hmm. is cranked up, and that's kind of it's kind of what it is. It's it, it, it's hard just to be, play a character if you don't believe it. You mm-hmm. know, if you don't believe that character, then the fans aren't going to believe it. So anybody who you know, let's take Undertaker f- for you know, uh, Russell has been around for a long time. He's a real good friend of mine. But when he's doing that character, he believes it so much that he's so good at it. It's almost it's, it's like a part of him, you know that that he's playing out there. And I don't know where he came up with it, but it just he just did, and people believe it. Man, he's so good at it.
1: How was your experience working with the Misfits in Action team?
3: uh That was good. It was good. I, I, I you know, all of them, they were. They're all fun. Still, still to this day, a lot of my friends, you know, and like Lash LaRue just did a new T-shirt for me. He's a real good artist. Just did a new t- T-shirt for me. And, uh, you know, it was, it's just another one of those things. You just roll with punches and just, just do it to the best of my ability. And that, that's the way I do it. Anything I do, I'm going to do the best I can. If I've if got to stamp my name on it, it might as well be you know, as best I can do it.
4: Hmm. Random question. Yeah. Do you have a uh, do you have a wrestling rink in your backyard today? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. You know what? No tenting with the kids. No. You now. know, I
3: I I would. You know, I'm doing some stuff right now with um, Quentin Rampage Jackson. He's a good friend of mine with the same uh, agent and uh, uh, entertainment lawyer right now. We we um, are doing a lot of projects together right now, which is like some movies and. Uh, a lot of things that work I can't explain, mm-hmm. explain Too much of them Because they're, they're they're In fruition right now In the next Couple of weeks You know A lot more we'll, uh, we'll be able To say about it But with him He's got a new He's got a gym His Rampage uh, Academy So uh, I'm in, in the works Of getting I'm Putting a ring in there And doing some Pro wrestling training In there So I won't have it in the backyard, no, right. yeah, but I'll still have know, access to it. Fine. You yeah. know what? You just gotta get away from wrestling sometimes because yeah. it will consume you if you don't. If you let it, that thing will it'll eat you up and spit you out. Yeah. So with me, I, I get I get home and I don't even really think about wrestling. I try trying to. You're, it's always on your mind, mm-hmm. you know. It's always on your mind. Like I'll, I don't know how many different moves I've tried on my wife. Not <laughs> that way, but but I'm this like, oh. this way. Like I'll see something on TV yep. and I go. I see something and go. Hold on a second. Come over here, and, and I'll like put her in some little weird thing. Say, oh, okay, okay, yeah, I got it. Okay, that's good. And she's like, "What are you doing to me? Gosh, <laughs> so you love it, you love it." You also <laughs> were a
4: trainer on the uh, WWE. I mean, uh, MTV's uh, tough, tough, tough Enough. Yeah, Enough. yeah Tough Enough Yep. What was that like? Kind of going from you know, star on the mm-hmm. stage to star on TV, kind of.
3: That you know, it was cool. It was different. It, what's cool about it was that it was. I'm a, I'm a natural teacher out there. I don't know, just I've been blessed that way too. I, I really enjoy coaching and teaching, and that that was a good way for me to talk about wrestling and and get it out there. I learned it was my for real first time on TV, not in a pro wrestling role. Right. You know, it was in a you know a, on MTV, and it was a total it's a TV show, so I learned a lot from it for sure. You know, you got to learn that you know it wasn't really about wrestling; it's yeah. about drama, <laughs> yeah. it's about selling, you know, getting you know people to. Uh, you know to watch because without the ratings there's no show you know so hey I I, I I learned a lot from it and that's that's what i really take from it but it was fun just being close to home it was in la you know and i had a, they put me in an apartment over there but i was able to still come home and it was just it was just a fun time you know
4: what were some things from the show like you said okay so you learned that uh it was more about drum and was there anything that you could take from it to kind of add to your character and oh yeah
3: well you know it to my character in wrestling, but my, my My Hollywood character. I learned a lot from there. I'm always kind of like one of those observing guys, you know. I I hate my people when I hire somebody to do some work in my house. They kind of hate it because I'm. I'm, I always like I can watch them. Like (laughs) somebody doing drywall, I'm checking them out, and they're like, "What is going on with this dude?" I'm like, "No offense, guys. I'm just looking at what you're doing so that I never have to hire you again." (laughs) And it's true. I mean, I can do pretty much everything in my house now because I watch what they do. I can do that. Okay, so now I do, do drywall and you know. Building and woodworking, working cars and laying tile and everything. Because I learned from watching those guys. You know, it's really not all that hard. You just got to learn how to do it.
1: See, I see an HGTV show it's waiting right. for you. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, there it is. It right just like there, popped in my right head. There. I'm like,
3: yeah, yeah, man. For sure, I love doing all this stuff. I mean, I you know got all the saws, the table saws, the miter saws. I'm constantly building stuff. You know, but um, it's the same thing with with that. With tough enough because I was watching, you know, the production. I was watching the direction. Uh, I, was just, I was kind of watching everything I was watching the catering I was, I was kind of like So I learned how to do a lot of that And and I put that in my backstage life a lot To where it was At the end of when I was in WWE Was um, I started kind of directing my own stuff To where we had directors coming in And I would just You have to do it politically correct You have to say Okay well How about we try it this way You know you don't want to step on their toes Because that's their job But how about your, Hey child that's a great idea that, you know, I didn't think about. Okay, we'll try that. Hey, great! You know, and you just almost start producing yourself. Mm-hmm. And that really, just from just observing those guys do it, you know.
1: And is that something that you'd even like to do more, like in your career? I know you're acting. Would you like to do producing? and sure. directing Sure, absolutely. Well? I like really I yeah, all
3: anything with the camera and and just I, I watch now, and it's hard for me to watch film, watching movies because I'm, I'm I'll be watching going. Okay, well that the. There's the wrong car, in there. that's a the wrong era. That's not that, <laughs> you know, okay. I'll, I'll stop and rewind it, and I'll show my wife, and I'll say, "Okay, look, see how his tie was this way, but next scene it was this way because the continuity was wrong." <laughs> <laughs> continuity, I, I just, yeah, I just see. See, I see it now, yeah. you know, and, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm watching acting now and saying, "Okay, well, that guy's not a very good actor." Okay, that guy's a great actor. Oh my gosh, you know, so it, it, it's it's kind of cool. I just saw the movie. Um, what was that? Was the last movie? I guess Reds. Was it Reds? It was. Oh, I just read it on Netflix. um
4: yeah, it is red.
3: Yeah, yeah, two. yeah. Well, I, so, oh, I right think two. the mm-hmm. first red and, uh, um, was, Bruce Willis, right? That, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. that the oh. movie I just saw? Hold on, I'm just saying. Uh, Robert Duvall was in. I don't know if this is the one he was in. What an incredible actor! I was oh, watching yeah. it, watching him act. Like the guy was so I couldn't tell he was acting. He, he I believed he was that part. And yeah. it was just that wasn't even a big big role. It was mm-hmm. you know, no, it wasn't reds. It was a. Uh, Jack Jack Reacher. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. I was just watching movies the other day, and and you know, and with and with Tom Cruise, I could kind of tell that he was acting some at sometimes. And nothing against Tom Cruise, because the guy's you know he's <laughs> Tom Cruise. He's Tom Cruise. Yeah. But but they just you know, just I was just enthralled with Rob Duvall, and I was rewinding different scenes. And my wife's like, "What are you doing? Can't we just watch this dang movie?" My kids <laughs> like, like, Dad, I'm like, shut up. Now,
1: if your kids want to be a wrestler, would you want them to come into the industry?
3: I told them – I get asked that a lot. I said, sure, if you bring me a diploma first. Bring me a diploma and then I'll I'll train you because it's a great business. It's a great business for a young guy, or girl, to travel the world and make some money. But what happens is that you – you be wife and kids or husband and kids and all of a sudden you're kind of locked in. It's like, gosh – how do I get out? I'm making good money. Yeah, You know, the, mm-hmm. the exit plan is always planned for you in wrestling, whether you plan it or wrestling plans it. So you want to be in, involved and in, in plan it. But it's like, well, if I got nothing else to, to fall back on, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? Yeah. So that's what I told him. I said, sure, if you guys want to do it, okay. But you bring me, bring me diploma. Thank God that one wants to be a pro football player. And one wants to be a chef. Nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> <There's> plenty, <laughs> plenty of ways to make
1: money, and both of those, those are. Yeah, and I told
3: the pro football player guy, I said, uh, you know, you better, you really better get your degree <laughs> now. Because <laughs> hey, you're probably not gonna do that, you know. You know, the, the same, I wanted to be a pro football player too. Mm-hmm. I wanted to play for the Dallas Cowboys, and then Russell on the off season. Hundred percent, and that you know didn't even come close to being true. <laughs>
1: well, you're obviously a physical guy. I mean, I would imagine that there. I, I know you've sustained a couple injuries, like a concussion, sure. uh, a, a broken or is it orbital? Orbit, bone? Yeah,
3: yeah, by broken eye orbit, and uh, you know, torn bicep. I mean, I've been, I've been hurt for 18 years straight. I really have. I've, I've been hurt. With what this kept you fake, With this with fake wrestling, I've been hurt. <laughs> really? You know what? It's it's so physical that you constantly are you're hurt, and you got to just work around it. And just, you know, I'm so used to working around things that it, nothing really stops me anymore. You just kind in of there, get in the gym, and just and kind of just do it, you know.
1: And did you have like a hype song to get you going? You know, something you sat in your car with right before
3: you a got ton. in the ring. And I got a ton of I got a ton of them, man. You know, anything you know, anything Snoop or Dre. I'm, a, I'm an old school oh, old school hip hop, right? Yeah, hip hop for sure. Uh, you know, Snoop or Dre for sure. Foo Fighters, all the Foo Fighters. You want to want to get into that rock and roll, you know, sense or whatever you want to call it. You know, just. Different stuff, my boy, baby, baby Bash. You know, he's, oh, he's, baby he's baby. yeah, he's my buddy. So it's uh, all his stuff, you know, I it, you know, I could go on and on, you know. But in
1: two thousand eight, you reached out. You reached the highest level of your uh, success with the singles win from uh, you defeated CM Punk. Yep, and then uh, you went to win the ECW Championship. Correct. Yep. What was the difference between that win and the other championships that you actually have won? Why was that <sighs> like the one that you really
3: felt put you on the map? <sighs> you know what? Uh, our dream, mine, Eddie's dream, Monk Eddie. Our dream was to be the world tag team champions. It wasn't to be, you know, our single champions. We always pretended we were. We would take my dad's and uncle's, you know, championship belts and wear them and pretend that we were the champs. <laughs> so when we achieved that dream at Madison Square Garden of all places, you know, and we defeated, um, it was a three way dance. We call it, you know, with three di- three different teams. It was me and Eddie against Ray Mysterio and Edge against Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. Uh, when we became the WWE Tag Team Champions, SmackDown version, whatever you want to call it. Um, we achieved that goal, so we had to make other goals for ourselves. So we said, "Okay, well, let's, we got to become the heavyweight champions." So Eddie became the, you know, the World Heavyweight Champion, and I became the ECW Champion. So uh, it was, you know, a couple years after that. But um, you just have to set different goals. Once you achieve them, you, yeah. you got to do other things. You know, so with me, it was. <laughs> you know it was it, it wasn't the ECW of old it was the new WWE version so i i never i, never, I didn't think okay i made it i have never ever actually thought that i thought okay you know what what am i going to do now so now i got to set my sense in different different titles and yeah. different titles and different titles so you know it it, it was it was great but you got to i don't believe the hype i'm not one of those guys i don't believe the hype i'm, not, I'm like okay let's just it's my job let's get it done okay what's next you're only as good as your next match i said not your last match your Your next next match
4: what's kind of the evolution uh from that uh with wrestling and what you want to get into next
3: now it's man it's it's, it's transitioning into acting you know i mean really i got endorsements coming on here and starting a couple different businesses going on like i was talking about with with quentin you know um with rampage jackson uh but it's really just it's doing some acting stuff, you know. And I'm so close to L.A. here. And uh, it's just like a – it's a natural t- transition because we've been doing it, you know, already on, you know, in wrestling in front of, you know. It's a little different because we we do it so over the top, you know. We're so big. And I get on camera sometimes, that little small screen. And they, <laughs> they said they're like, slow down. Yeah. Keep it small or you're too big Stop oh. too like, oh, I'm too yeah. theatrical, you know. <laughs> so I got to bring it down a little bit. But – um you know, it's it's just a natural transition. We've been we've kind of been doing that. So, you know, of course you've got a lot to learn. It's mm-hmm. Totally, it's it's definitely different. But um, it's just something that I people have been trying to tell me for years to do it, and it's like, all right, let's. Let's try it. And you know, it's it's actually working out. We got a lot of big things coming here pretty soon, real soon. I just did a finish the movie called Fight to the Finish, which mm-hmm. is an M M A type movie where I play crooked trainer type guy in there. So uh, that was that was really cool, it was real fun and the director loved it and thought I did really well, so that's you know, it's good for the real.
4: And <laughs> wrestling wise, I mean you've played bad guys, good guys. Yeah. Uh, as far as acting, is there kind of a role that you would really like to aspire to play
3: yeah you know what I, I don't think there's just one role you know i would like to break out of just the that mean wrestling type role that you know i can play i've I already proved i can play that right. and i want to play you know i want to i'll do a, a love story i'll do you know a comedy definitely want to do comedy I, I you know i'm a fun looking guy anyway so <laughs> you know you, you know, that's something that you know you comedian comedic timing you can have it outside of the camera but on camera, it's different it really is so i want to see if i can do that and i, I believe i can um I'm, I'm open to just getting better any like i said anything i do i want to put my put my name on it i got to do it the best of my ability and just really at work at it and work you know whether you get acting coaches and and just practicing all the time and practicing all the time or whatever it is i'll you know i'll do it
4: and what's it like without having the audience there
3: it's it's, you. it's I think it's easier and harder. It's easier in the fact that pr- there's not as much pressure. But I think I work better under pressure. When that red light comes on and I'm fr- in front of ten thousand people, yeah. that's when I think I just there's no there's n- you you mess up you just got to cover it up. It's not like all right what's, what's <laughs> my line line okay and go, and go right okay. back into it. That's, you know so it's it's I think it's yeah, I think it's easier just being on uh, on that small screen on the camera. But, um, you know, just being in front of, it, it's nothing like being in front of a live crowd. Right. Live crowds, mm-hmm. that's when your adrenaline's going. That's, man, you gotta, it's, it's, man, it's through the roof, man. Just like, <laughs> rusting in front. Of. I was did something with, with Jerry Piven when he came to, uh, to Raw one time. And, uh, he was like, Oh my God, this is incredible. <laughs> and we're on the side of the ring. He's like, This is great. Why? Wow. And I said, That's pretty awesome. Huh? He goes, Like, oh man, I felt like it was, you know, 1992. And I was at the, the, the the laugh stop of the comedy store when he was doing stand-up he was like it was this was this was awesome but now you're punching each other and it was kind of cool to you know to get his version of it you know i'm like our adrenaline's through the roof man you just gotta you know control it and it's 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 different for sure you know Mm -hmm. yeah i've worked with a lot of different celebrities in that in that sense and they all like say like wow man i could see how this is just addicting i said oh there's no drug like it No (laughs) no drug like it in the world with, well, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Ahead. Um, big, obviously, we're Black Hollywood Live, so we often talk about uh, representations of people of color in general. And sure. now that you're sort of moving into TV and film yeah. and those types of things, where do you sort of see your responsibility, or do you, your desire to sort of be a part of making even your own heritage as a Latin man more apparent on television? I'm so glad you asked
3: that. You know, we're going there because in re- just in wrestling, I was asked. I've been stopped so many different times, and it doesn't really happen to other to other wrestlers like um let's say a guy from Ireland or whatever i get stopped by hispanic people all the time going god thank you thank you for what you, you do for for us for for you know for ras for la race for the for our race and i'm like Guys, I'm just I'm just trying to feed my family. And they go, no, you don't understand. This is we don't have people in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. We don't have you know we have you know a George Lopez or we have we there's there's we don't have people in sports. We don't have people in in you know in Hollywood. They they don't have them. So I find it a huge responsibility for me to actually represent. You know, represent the Hispanic people. Huge, you know, and that's something that it's not only my audience. You know, I re, I did not realize that huge. I just feel a a huge responsibility to them. That I, it's not just doing it for me now. I'm doing it. I'm I'm doing it for them. I really am. I, I want to you know represent them and 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 it add to them because it's such a big culture and it's so growing. It's number the growing biggest culture. You know, biggest uh, the do you call it the. the the race, France the race, well. not demographic race, but in the country, de- demographi- demographic in mm-hmm. you know, the country. It really is, you know, and they're saying, you know, by 2023, it'll be the, you know, the majority. The majority yeah, majority. Yeah. Yeah, and, sure. and me, I was talking to Edward J. Maul, almost dropping names, of course. <laughs> and, and he was saying, he's like, no, man, he's like, it's before then. It's yeah. before <laughs> then. It's like in 2021, he's saying, he's like, it'll be the majority. Yeah. And then there's the majority and there's nobody for them out there. Right. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, not just a great, uh, responsibility is a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm going to attack it. Capitalize. Yeah. Well, as sure. you're in this
1: transitional period of from wrestler to actor, is there someone's career that you look at that you'd like to emulate after? Like, obviously, Dwayne The Rock has had a oh. successful monster of a career. I mean, all of us want to be The Rock. <laughs> but is there somebody who you would like to... That that career. guy
3: is he's such a nice guy, such a grace guy. I I love that guy. Not just in the ring, but his you know acting and he just he's really made. He's made he's made himself this blockbuster guy. You know, so definitely you know him for sure. But if you if you ever met Dwayne, you, no. you, you see him. I've seen in the room. him. You why yeah. he walks in the ring? He walks yeah. in the room. You're like. Who the heck is that? The guy's six foot four <laughs> yeah. with this thousand watt smile. You know, yeah. That guy is a movie star. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah. And a genuinely nice, nice, nice guy. Really, yeah. really, really, really is. Um, you know, definitely you know, definitely him, but um it has just so many different people in Hollywood that you look up to, you know, like a De Niro and yeah. you know and Pacino and those guys that are just you know, they've they had their struggles, but they you know, they persevered and they've you know, they're they're at where they've been, not by luck. You know, know where they are. They're not there by luck. They're there by, by hard work. Yeah, that's true.
1: Know? Yeah. And then with with that, you know, obviously you are a celebrity and wrestling, and you are transitioning into acting. Comes the part of that a lot of people hate is the press and the media of, of hearing stories about yourself. Mm-hmm. What have you read about yourself or seen that just you were just just pissed you off? Basically, <laughs> you know you what know, like you you got to
3: take it with a grain of salt, man, because especially with these days of social media now. Mm-hmm. Which is another company I'm doing right now. So a, <laughs> a social media company that's dealing with monetizing to, uh, social media. It's a it's, it's there's nothing like it out there. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to start soon. It's massive, but um, just with still social media now, if someone wanted to write something bad about you or talk bad about you, they had to write a letter and send it into your studio, your fan club, or whatever. Yeah. Now they 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 140 characters. They send it real quick so the haters all have voices yeah. mm-hmm. you gotta brush it off you yeah. really do and just you know the, you can't let them overshadow the millions of people that like you because the haters are small, they're such a small few They're and everybody's got them you just you just gotta blow it off and any stories out there you just you know you take it with a grain of salt and my grandfather always told me there's you know you've heard this before I'm sure but no pl- publicity is bad publicity if they're talking good about you or They're talking bad about you. At least they're talking about you, mm-hmm. because once that's they true. stop talking about you, that's when you got to worry about it. Once that's they true. don't care anymore. Once they don't care that you messed up and you're found in bed with a you know a tranny, <laughs> 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 then uh, then you have a problem, right? You know, and and that's the truth. You know, so you anything written about me is kind of I can take it with a grain of salt, and you can just say, all right, so you know, you might say. To answer your question, something that, that does bother me at times is uh people say, Well, you're not you're not as good as as bar, uh, other parts of your family. You're not as good as Eddie. Well, Eddie used to get the same thing. He used to get you're not as good as and this is straight from his mouth, you're not as good as my dad was, his yeah. older brothers. My dad used to get it, you're not as good as your as your dad. So every there's always gonna be people that like other people more mm-hmm. than you or whatever, and we've learned that you're 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 not as good as them. You you can't be because they're them. You're mm-hmm. you. You can only be as good as you can be, yeah. and 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 you, you have to just blow all those haters off, and just on Twitter, just block, block, block. No. You know, really, you know, and that's really all you can do. You know, I'm sure you guys get it. Oh yeah. yeah. Know? I'm, so fine, I'm sure you get it. <laughs> sorry, right? It's like, like yeah, what? So not you guys have anything better to do, <laughs> exactly. do than hate on people? Or like, yeah. I like the ones that make the the fake accounts, like they're you. Yeah. Like uh, like yeah. like they're and you are trying to get followers to follow you, follow them, like follow a fake you, or like. Yeah. Is your life that miserable or that <laughs> pathetic that you have to pretend you're somebody, somebody else? else? Yeah, Catfish. Weird, right? Yeah, Gosh. catfish. It's weird, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, is, what are you doing? Hey, if you're listening, don't do that. Close <laughs> all your fake it. accounts. <laughs> I
1: would imagine they wouldn't want to mess with you too much,
3: though. You know what? Uh, I see the guns over there. You know, so. you know I got the jacket on on purpose. <laughs> you know what? It's one of those that I'm not 6'8", so I don't get the... Uh, they they look at me and and freak out, you know. They I get a lot a lot of times they look at me like, Oh, well he's not that big. <laughs> so the people say that to me. Oh, you you ain't that tough. You ain't that bad. I say, Yeah, you're right. I just but I just gotta be a little better than you. Yeah. That's, That's it. it yeah. So yeah. people are like, oh this guy's there's something messed up with this guy. Yeah. My my friends call me the the Mexican Hulk the mexican hulk i the, like the that. mulk because <laughs> the mulk cuz when you you don't like me when i'm mad you, re- you release it, it is like ah my small man complex come out and i'm like ah, oh, i can beat you up i don't like it there we go we got to get mulk shirt sure. we got to get our mulk shirt sure. that's the new one the ebay bulk. ebay the part 2 hulk, the mexican hulk
4: well this actually kind of goes with the next question if you could describe yourself with one word what That's would it,
3: it be? man. The mulk, no. the mulk. The man. mulk. <laughs> my, my wife hates it. She hates it. It's my gift and my curse, <laughs> because uh, you know I. They, she says, "Man, you're you're five nine, but you get you become six four really fast, and people mm-hmm. like freak out, like this dude's crazy, man. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> you know? And I, I don't, li- I don't like getting that way. I hate it. But it's, you know I suppress, I suppress them. I, do, I David Banner them. I suppress them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what did you feel about the recent announcement about
3: the WWE Network? I think I, it's great for them, man. I, I want to. I'm not one of those hater guys that you know will. You talk bad about, you know, whatever company. I, I'm, I'm happy for them. I want them to succeed. It's better for wrestling. It's better for everybody. You know, I want all wrestling companies to su- succeed out there. You know, with them, it's definitely a challenge. It's, it's new territory. So yeah. it's going to be growing pains for them for sure. And they're going to, um, they're going to do a lot of things right and there's going to do a lot of things wrong. Yeah. But, uh, I think ultimately the fan is going to win and, that's why we do this business. We do it for our fans. We can feed our families because of these fans, you know, so we always have to remember that. You always have to know what you're doing, why you're doing this and, and who to thank. And my grandfather always told me that there's um you have responsibility to these people. They're especially in this economy. They can pay their money and, and, and they don't have a lot of it. Yeah. But they're choosing to watch you. And whatever it is, your film or your TV show or your your uh, your, your new, your new uh, fix it show that I'm going to do, <laughs> yeah, HDTV, your show. executive producer, exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> well, give me a call, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is, you seen you wrestle. You have an o- a obligation and responsibility to deliver the give them their money's worth, yeah, a hundred percent. And there's always those people that are watching you for the first time, but there's always those people that are watching you for the last time, yeah. You know, so you have to. You, you have to give them your money, your money's worth that that's your obligation huge, and that's something that I always stress to the younger wrestlers like well guys you it's your responsibility to, to go out there and, and work your ass off for these guys
1: you know? and is there someone I know you worked with like Darren young um, yeah. is there any up and coming other wrestlers that you really have your eye on that you're like that's the next new star
3: you know what that's really hard to say because you might people get it real early and then all of a sudden they fall off mm-hmm. or somebody are late bloomers you know like like John Cena like John Cena was just a guy that, that was you know good looking guy great body you know okay wrestler in our locker room wearing trunks and tights and then all of a sudden we were in South Africa this is a true story uh, we were in South Africa and we heard him start battle rapping with somebody backstage and we're like are you kidding did you just come up with that he's like well yeah you know it's one of my my little talents and i've done a bunch of you know you know battle battle rap you know (laughs) challenges and we're like all right so then i think it was tommy dreamer that took him to shane mcmahon vince mcmahon's son he goes listen to this and then they brought him to vince mcmahon he's like wow that was great so if you remember early stages of john cena he was a rapper guy on tv like this white rapper like he was yeah and he was great right off the cuff he was awesome you know and then uh he just evolved into what he is now so no one really saw it at first and then all of a sudden he became the slave bloomer and just he's he's awesome he's great he's great great in the mic man there's kind of nobody
1: like him really yeah and he's become (coughs) such a huge star too oh yeah yeah
3: for sure a great make a wish you know great uh uh, representative for WWE and Make A Wish and so many different things. You can, you know, say what you want about him and not like him and, and believe me, I have, <laughs> <laughs> I have, and I and I'll, I'll take some of that back because the guy really is a good guy. He's a, he's a cool, cool, cool ass dude, and uh, you can see why he's in the position that he's in because he's he's a hard worker. He really does any, and he he gives to those fans. He really he he does.
1: And tell us about some of your celebrity ambas- your celebrity ambassador role and some of your
3: new endorsements. Yeah. Okay. So. This new company that I'm working with is called uh, uh, Tweet Secret. It's a brand new, it's launching here within the next month. And it uh, is a, c- a company that deals with, with monetizing social media for celebrities. So as well, what we did wrong as celebrities is we started giving everything away for free to get more followers to give them more free stuff. There's a lot of celebrities out there that have a ton of followers that are broke. Yeah. Broke bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Another yeah, T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm rich bitch. You want that, right? But, but, uh, you know what? It's true. And so this company kind of creates a VIP experience for your for your hardcore fans and gives them content that that you couldn't really give them otherwise. And, and they created a great app that it's just a really great delivery system for your fans. And it just it's I think it's a game changer. I really think it, I think it is going to change the way that everybody. You know, interact with the fans. That's so that's, that's yeah, cool. it's, I'm really excited about that. And you know, just doing some stuff with Quentin, like I keep saying. And uh, just my next, move, next movie's coming up, and we're in talks right now with some couple directors. And and uh, you know, the sky's the limit, man. We're just gonna we're gonna attack it. Well,
1: we're excited for your new yeah, your Thank new you. roles and transition. Thank you. Where Thank can you. all your fans find you if they want to find out more about your endorsement deals or what you're doing?
3: Where can they find yeah, you? Yeah, follow you know everything's tied to my Twitter. Follow me at me- at Mex Warrior, like Mexican Warrior, M E X Warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where you can find pretty much everything that's done with me there, and you know, on Instagram, (laughs) I'm uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr. But everything just linked all all up together. You know, I push one tweet out, it goes to everywhere. One picture goes to my Facebook, goes to my my Instagram, uh, everything. You know? So this fine? All right. You'll yeah. find yeah. him. You'll find him. You'll find, 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 find him. You just, like the <laughs> you just put like the like the bat the bat cam. You know, put put the bat. The bat <laughs> the thing. They no, <laughs> just put a burrito in the sky. I come <laughs> <laughs> a big old burrito can. That's it, man. I'm the mole the will arrive. The mole <laughs> will, <laughs> will show up. The Lolo sixty three rack top.
4: I'm ready for the new Avengers movie.
1: Right? Yeah.
3: Listen, we we got some projects that we want you to do. That's it, man. That's
1: it. I love it. Jesse, where can your fans
4: find you? <laughs> you guys can find me at DJ Jesse J. <laughs> and
2: you can find me at Stuart Starlet.
1: And you can find me at Dario Kristen on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you guys for tuning in. We have the
3: superstar here. <laughs> <himself laughs> Thanks, Javo. guys. Thanks, Thanks for having me, man. Today. Thank Peace. you. Viva la Viva. Raza.
0: <laughs> Check him out. Check
1: out all of his stuff. Go to his Twitter. Go to his Facebook. Everything he has and find out what he's doing. Right on. Thank Peace. you. Thanks, guys.
0: From producers Maria Minouz, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Gary O'Kristin, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network. If you have questions or comments, tweet us at BHL online or email us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. For more exclusive content, visit blackhollywoodlive.com. This has been a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network. Hollywood Hollywood Redefined. Redefined.